Hello, 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 and welcome to the Anti-Racist Enneagram Podcast with Jessica Denise Dixon, where we look at life and healing at the intersections of the Enneagram, anti-racism, and embodiment for personal and collective liberation. Let's go. Not trying to get by. Trying to get by. I'm trying to get free. Yo, yo, yo. On this episode, I want us to talk about how to develop critical thinking skills as we take in information. So we might tend to read certain kinds of books that are written by certain kinds of people or listen to podcasts by people we might consider successful, we might consider a good teacher, whatever. And when was the last time you actually thought critically about who you were listening to. Now, part of what was so good about the pseudo white awakening of 2020 was that people were listening to to black people. (laughs) People like saw that black people had something to say and thought, oh, maybe this is important. Maybe for the the first time, like in history. Uh, What sucked about that is that a people stopped listening. People went on their merry old way and said, anti-racism is too hard. It's too time consuming, it's too whatever. Um, But the second thing is that black people were objectified as some kind of resource. Um, And when you are reduced to being a resource, then that means that people can extract from you, especially people who haven't, haven't actually done the work of decolonizing. When you are reduced to resource, that means people can pick your brain. It means that they can suck information and energy from you. Um, And I can't begin to tell you how much that actually sucks. Um, But the reality is that Black people have many things that we are experts in, not just race. And so being reduced to a resource about race or racism really is dehumanizing as if our lives and our lived expertise isn't much more than that. Now, I truly do love a good book club. Now, I'll clown on you if you just keep reading books and you don't apply them. But, you know, <laughs> I will clown on you. But I do love a good book club. But we have to be intentional about how we read, how we take in information. Because if we're not intentional, then we actually miss a step in being able to critically think and critically process. You know, for example, when you listen to this podcast or, you know, if you choose to sign up to work with me, what have you got? You know, you have someone with a master's degree in counseling, with a bachelor's degree in psychology, um, with a certificate in career counseling, with a certificate in entrepreneurship um, from some of the top universities in the country at the time. You have someone who's been doing diversity education in some form since 2005. You have someone who has facilitated hard um, conversations within communities dealing with hate crime. You've dealt with some, you're, you're, you're dealing with someone who has been studying the Enneagram since 2013 with someone who regularly was a first responder for crises. You are, you're, you're messing with, you're listening to someone 
who has done the real work of decolonizing my own mindset around many things that I didn't realize were dehumanizing because I was surrounded by whiteness. You have a black woman who grew up in a mixed neighborhood being told as a child that I talk and act like a white girl, which means you have someone who has done intentional personal growth work about, around what it means to be black, around how the ways I was showing up around other people and two black people signaled that I would uphold whiteness and was therefore a threat to other black people. When I tell you the work is deep, it's deep. In front of you, you have an Enneagram eight whose sensitivity to unjust things has actually lost her a promotion at one time. You have someone who is a lover and a fighter I love deeply and loyally, and I fight for love and I fight for liberation. I fight against injustice. You have someone who is spiritual and believes and embodies spirituality rather than, than some spirituality which we have to ascend our bodies is the way forward. Now, I'm sure you knew a few of those things. I did an intro episode, but even knowing a few of those things, they can help you understand a bit of where I come from when I'm speaking and when I'm teaching. And I think that that's important. And of course, like that's cool. And I love talking about myself. <laughs> Just kidding. I really don't like it very much. <laughs> but how do you apply this information outside of just listening to this podcast? We have to look at identity. Identity is important because it is the viewpoint from which we all view our world. You know, the whole idea that we're not the center of the world. Well, we all view the world from the position that we're in that is shaped by our identity. So no matter where we look, we're looking at the world from the viewpoint of our identity. So that doesn't mean we're the center, but it means that that will always color no matter where we go, no matter what we do, no matter how we look. Nobody is neutral. Neutrality is a myth. Don't get me going on this. Everything is socially constructed. Race as we know it is socially constructed. That doesn't mean it's not true. That doesn't mean that whiteness isn't real and that anti-blackness isn't real. Time as we understand and interact with it is, as we know it, only a few hundred years old. At some point, our relationship to time shifted. And now time as we know it is what it is. And now we consider it universal or the best way of looking at time. No, well, there are other ways. Social constructs, they guide our lives. They impact how we live. But neutral, neutral and universal are often myths that we buy into. Desmond Tutu said, if you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. And I say choosing neutrality in general in general, is choosing the side of the oppressor. We have, to, we have to really look at that. We have to be able to think with intention and critically. So anyway, who we are as the receiver, who is the person we're receiving from? It all matters. 
for the person who's presenting, who's writing the book, who's doing the podcast, you know, who they are is going to shape how they present information. It's going to shape the language that they use or don't use, whether they talk about something as universal without any cultural competence. It's going to shape, you know, how they how they talk about things and whether they they speak about their privilege. We're able to see, do they have awareness around this as we're actually taking in the information? How their Enneagram type shows up is going to impact how they present. Who they actually think they're talking to versus who they actually are talking to, who the information really applies to. It's going to be shaped by their identities and by their level of awareness. It's going to shape whether they speak to societal barriers or do they speak of rugged individualism where we just all pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we can do anything that we want, even if there are laws, policies, procedures written into a society that says, no, you can't. And we can actually see, are they leading us to liberation? How do we know if they're leading us to liberation? Well, they acknowledge their social positioning. They acknowledge the viewpoints that their identities give them. That's one start. They don't speak of neutrality. They speak of inclusion. And then of course, who we are shapes how we take in information. What are the ways that our Enneagram type are looking to be validated? Are, are we trying to apply information that's written for wealthy white dudes when we don't hold that identity? What barriers might we know that they don't even think to speak to, that they don't even know to speak to? Looking at our identity and their identity is, is one way of being able to start thinking more critically. I recently started reading a book and it looked like it was coming from an inclusive lens. And then all of a sudden this person started talking about how they moved across the world like two times within six months. And then they took like months off from work in New York City to recoup and having that kind of money, baby, that takes some wealth privilege, but the wealth privilege wasn't acknowledged. Now, maybe their story was one that they lived on the streets for these months and then they, whatever, I don't, but they didn't speak to it. They didn't speak to any parts of their journey either way. And that made me regroup that maybe this book actually isn't as inclusive as I hoped that it would be. Now, I can still read that book and I can still get something out of it, but I have to understand that the author has some blind spots around their privilege. And I can't take that for granted, thinking that I'm going to get the same thing that someone who has that level of privilege would get. I spent many, many years, oh my gosh, reading, but I love reading and I love listening to podcasts. And I spent years and years reading books, listening to podcasts of people who were mainly speaking to wealthy white men. And I honestly, if I'm being really honest, this is very embarrassing for me to say, I thought something was wrong with me because I didn't seem to be applying the right things in the right way. I tried to apply the book, but the information didn't seem to be working for me. And I thought something was wrong with me. And to be honest, it damaged my self-image because I was like, something must be up with me. No, 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 no. When I started to really take on this lens, it opened up the world it changed my life because I was able to give myself grace 
and say, oh, this author is speaking to this demographic. I can tell because they haven't brought up any cultural references to blackness or any cultural references to being Asian. You know, I, I can tell because this is these are the things that are missing. So now I prefer taking in information from people who acknowledge their social position. And I love it. And it's like, it's like balm to my soul when that happens. And then when they don't acknowledge that, I recognize that there actually just might be some limits to what I can take in and integrate. The goal is always to be moving us toward liberation. And our, both of our realities, my reality and your reality are shaped by specific things. So again, who are they? Who is the person that you're learning from? What are their identities? What is their background? What clues do you have about their worldview? When was it produced? What was culturally happening at the time? Who was the intended audience? How do you know? Who was missing in the, in the discourse? Why was it produced? And then of course, who are you? How does your socialization impact your ability to listen to them? How does socialization into whiteness might, you know, see impact how you see them as an expert or who you see as an expert? How does the perspective that your Enneagram type gives you shape what you see as relevant? You know, what do you need to pay attention to within yourself as you're starting to listen, as you're starting to take in information, as you're starting to process? Now, in those that I wrote for my clients, there are more things than this, but I think that even if you just start applying this, it can change your world. What do you think? Have you considered these things before? How have they impacted who you listen to and how you listen? So from love and for liberation, peace out. I'm not trying to get by.